0: What's up, everybody? It's another edition of Free Association on the Sportsnet Podcast Network. I'm J.D. Bunkus, back in the big smoke, back in the big city. I have yet to set up my air conditioning because I've been gone all summer. And today, that's a huge regret because now I have to do it in the heat. Donovan Bennett joins me, as always, from what I assume is just the... Although you love the heat. What, what what do you do with the air conditioning situation when it gets this hot? Like, do you like do you still keep it a little low? Do you fight with your wife over it? What's, what's the situation in the Bennett household?
1: I wouldn't say it's a fight, but it, it toggles back and forth a couple of degrees. It's nothing crazy. But I, I mean, I like the heat in terms of climate, but I don't live in the heat all the yeah. time. So, um, yeah, no, I couldn't uh, I couldn't live without air conditioning. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a snob in that sense.
0: Oh, of course. Listen, uh, I got back yesterday. So what I have to do is I, I have to set up window units in my place. I don't have central air because, yeah, I live in the city. And it's one of the days of the year that I dread the most. I'm just not a handy person. I'm from Whitehorse, Yukon. I might be the worst Yukoner in the history of the Yukon in terms of actually doing my things myself. Like I get great pleasure if I hang a picture on my own. Like if I hang a picture and it's level, I look at that the same way that a craftsman looks at, you know, making a, a canoe. Like that's, that's the way that where my level of skills are at. So today is put in the air conditioner day. I need it. I'm dying. I'm sitting here right now. I have yet to do it because I, I stayed at uh, my co-host Ben Ennis's last night in order to do our, our Monday show together, our first one of the sporting calendar. But, oh, my God, it's ridiculous. I am dying. But I can't really complain because sports are back, although we don't know how long baseball is going to be back for. seems like a bit of a disaster. The NBA is back, man, and it it now feels... It it now feels fully real because we're watching scrimmages. We're watching scrimmages. We're seeing guys actually on the floor. We're seeing what guys look like. I don't know how much to read into these things. Like, I don't know if you're following too much Stanley Cup playoff stuff right now, but just the way that lines are being deployed, there's quite a bit of uh, extraction from that. I don't think that you can really do the same thing with the NBA, but here's where I can start. Where is your level of contentment when it comes to the way this broadcast looks in general, the way that these broadcasts have looked preliminary, uh, or at least the the preliminary looks at them? Because I was very skeptical, and the first time I saw it, I was kind of disappointed, and I can't believe how quickly I have grown to come around on them and just think, wow, what an incredible job, and wow, I've already acclimatized to this.
1: Uh, I mean we're creating on scales and so if I looked at the EPL or soccer broadcasts in general in Europe which have basically been the exact same broadcast just no fans in the stands to MLS broadcasts which have been like a lower quality of the broadcast and the pomp and circumstance around a game as we are used to it looks like you know you're playing a game at a High school field with some messaging around it Mm -hmm. and then look at the nba where i I would say that minus the atmosphere that fans bring it's been an increase like it looks like you're basically watching a video game from the camera angles to the amount of screens so i think they've done a good job i was actually talking to kevin harlan on the sports on pause podcast about the challenges of the broadcasters broadcasting from there. And he's talking about the fact that they're on calls talking about the plexiglass and its directions. And if the sound will bounce like the, the level of detail with which they are combing through everything at this stage. So that when all the eyeballs are on the sport, when the games start to be played and eventually in the playoffs and finals, everything is worked out is, um, is high. It's next level. So the fact that the broadcast, the court, Everything around the court looks as good as it does to start, to me, just lets me know that the NBA was not wasting the four months uh, that they went away, that they were working on these things hard. And now it's just about refining them moving forward.
0: So just a couple of quick thoughts on the broadcast, because you're right. We're doing, you're right. We're grading on a scale with all of this stuff. Of course, is basketball better with fans? Yeah, no duh. And is it going to feel a little bit different when these games actually have stakes And it isn't just a scrimmage where we're just first happy to have basketball back, of course. But I thought the trial and error was good right away. That they tried to do those kind of chants for certain teams. I think it was in the Nuggets game was the very first one I watched. Or a Heat. And they tried to do a Let's Go Heat chant. And it didn't really work out. And they abandoned it. And I don't think that that's going to work. But one of the biggest advantages I think basketball has. And it's that you don't need to really pump in sound. Because we're used to watching basketball games with music in the background. Like, that's unlike hockey, where hockey, it's during the the breaks in play. You hear music. And you hear walk-up sounds in baseball. And they've done a pretty good job with the murmur. But it doesn't feel foreign to me from an audio standpoint, because it just sounds like music in a gym, a little bit of PA announcing, a little bit of experimental sound testing, and then listening to the players, which I think we all want to be able to hear is... Players interacting with one another, the sounds of a squeaking floor in a gym, all of the ambience that's come with at least the sound of the basketball game has felt pretty damn normal. And yes, of course, will that change as we get deeper? It's a game seven. Of course, of course, of course. But so far, I've been really, really impressed. The other thing is you mentioned how it looks like a video game. There are some courtside camera angles floating around uh, specifically to do with Chris Paul that i i actually thought it was a video game. Do you have a theory as to why this is because if if we can get looks like that as a fan, uh sports has always been very innovative in terms of the way that we consume all media. It's it's always been innovative in terms of the way that we use cameras and and HD coming into phase that this seems like a bit of a game changer having that level of camera, that kind of access, letting fans really know what it looks like to be courtside.
1: Uh my theory is that, from my understanding, is they consulted with people who make video games and they talked okay. to the people at NBA 2K and EA Sports. And when you think about it, what we've had traditionally is a sporting event made and tailored for the people in the arena, the people who are paying the big bucks up front. Mm-hmm. And then it's being broadcast around that. Now, this is different. This is a sporting event being played but it is being showcased solely for broadcast. It doesn't matter the vantage point of the four executives that the Raptors decided to send with them to Orlando. None of that really matters. What matters ultimately is the audience and the entire audience is gonna be watching it through a screen. What is that similar to? A video game. The entire audience watches a video game through a screen. And so they've consulted with the makers of video games to see, okay, well, what perspectives make the most sense for you as you invented a way for people to interact with the sport? And let's incorporate that where we can in terms of the way we're presenting uh, the the basketball playing moving forward. So so that's why, uh, that is my theory as to why it looks like a video game is because they're being led by people who make video games.
0: I love it. I think it looks pretty damn cool. I don't know how much let me just put it this way i don't know how much i want to see that experimentation during big games and be thrown off to a certain degree i don't know if that's because i'm old but it looks cool right now i love them trying it i don't know how awesome it's going to be when it's game seven of the eastern conference finals and they're trying to get tricky with camera angles and do stuff that i'm not used to i i I don't know maybe i'm just old that way but i have found that the way that they're shooting this thing does give you a better perspective of just understanding the size of the players. Like when you watch an NBA game on TV, a lot of times the, I don't want to call it the aspect ratio, but it just, it feels a little bit like we don't have perspective of exactly how physically imposing these guys are and what monsters most of these players are. And watching these games, I just, I feel like I'm getting a much better perspective of what the athletes actually look like up close. Does that make any sense to you? Are you feeling the same way?
1: Certainly, your viewing dimension changes uh, based off of your perspective and how you're seeing the game. So if you're seeing it from on high, from above all of the time, and anyone on the court looks like a relative ant to how they look Mm -hmm. like in real life, then you don't really get the same perception where if you're sitting courtside and you see, wow, Dwight Howard is really that tall, really that Mm -hmm. big. And so his inability to finish at the rim is my view of that play is impacted by the fact that I know he's that tall and that big on the flip side. If I'm watching uh, Steve Francis, who obviously no one's watching right now, but I'm just thinking of a, a small guard who was explosive off the floor. I was going to say John Moran, but he's a little bit taller, but if you're watching someone like Steve Francis finish above the rim, you're like, wow, that, that is much more impressive on high. I expect every NBA player to dunk, but when I'm seeing that lift, that drive from courtside, what's much impressive because I see the difference in, in size between him and the taller players, but him and the rim. It's again why people who have watched basketball courtside will say it's like you're watching a different sport. Uh, it, they say that about two sports, really the NFL or, or, or professional football, CFL, and NBA basketball in a way that is different than if you were, you know, real close down the third base line,
0: watching baseball. It's not like you're watching an entirely different sport. I I think it looks terrific. I think the video boards have even been great, and I thought at first they would be distracting, but talked to Corey Brewer last week. He said that it's no big deal. He actually told me as well that it feels a lot more like a tournament, like when you were in AAU of guys being like all sequestered together, that guys are socializing, guys are having fun, but that You know, these games, these scrimmages have already taken a pretty competitive tone. And I've, I don't want to say I was surprised by that because the ramp up period is going to be quick and guys are used to playing pickup games where they are competitive. This isn't like um, the NFL or the NHL where you can go, if you're going 100%, you're risking like a huge injury here, right? That the Raptors and the NBA players are able to play closer to some facsimile of 100% in a scrimmage and are used to playing closer to that than in other sports. It has those advantages. But One of the really nice touches is the way that they designed the benches, where it's a little bit staggered, so it looks as though it's almost rows of fans, and then there's the plexiglass between them, but there's something about the way these teams are now so up close and that they're the only ones in the gym, that do you think that the jawing and the talking, like we saw Carmelo Anthony talking to Stanley Johnson the other day, you see benches kind of hooting and hollering and getting excited that it does kind of feel a little bit more like an NFL sideline where the the players are really way more involved and that there's all of a sudden more people and it just feels louder and adds kind of a cool attitude to a game. How do you, how do you feel about the benches so far? Do you think that extends to regular season or or the tampers down? Well, a couple things. One,
1: you're a little bit more comfortable. You got more space. You got actually room to stress out your legs and, you know, really reach out to hold people back. If you, if you want to act like you're holding people back um, and so the proximity I think changes that whereas before it's like you know we had 10, 6, 5 to 7 feet guys sitting in church pews basically up against each other uh, so naturally that's not going to be as comfortable and, and as relaxed the other thing is in, in I'm sure you've talked to some on your show over the last couple weeks um, but what you're hearing coming out of the MLS bubble is proximity breeds contempt as well. And if you're on the same campus and you're seeing the same guys and you're annoyed by the same guys, um, then that's naturally, the, some of that talking on court's going to blend until off court and vice versa. And so when you uh, when you see players dying I, I just wonder if it was something that happened you know, before that led itself, to the court. I, I don't think that's the case in the interaction we saw with Yusuf Nurkic and Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka, as we know, that's is, you know he's he's first team zero to sixty. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I love the fact that, that that aspect of him is not gone uh, with four months off or, or with being you know on on Disney property. He's not coming at you like Mickey Mouse. He's he's ready to go go at it for basically no reason all of the time.
0: So l- let's get into some of our thoughts about just actually seeing the Raptors because I have, hold on, hold on. Before okay, we no, get go that ahead. far,
1: there's, there's you are talking, it, it, you mentioned it, but then you went on to a different topic. You talked about that's what I always do. some things you liked and you didn't like, um, and I don't want to interrupt, but I have to say, if we're talking about things that maybe we're better in a boardroom than in actuality, that's like a phrase me and my wife. Use often like you know this, this sounds ideal, but like that concept was better in the boardroom. Like it looked good on the PowerPoint, but then in mm-hmm. real life, it's it didn't play. It's a glowing puck. You know what I? You know what? want I, I I wasn't mad at the glowing puck. Uh, I didn't need it, but I wasn't I wasn't that mad at it. You You know what? I certainly don't need, and I'm not mad at it either. But I don't need it. I don't know who or what purpose it's serving. I don't need the cheerleaders on the screen. Like I don't need the Houston Rockets. Uh, stale video of them one of six that they probably taped cheering on the on on a video screen behind basket like who there literally are no fans in the stands for these cheerleaders to lead any cheers i think i think one the concept of cheerleaders is like so past its due date and i I think in 25 years we're
0: going to look back and be like Wait, you guys did what? Like, this is coming did, from the did, guy did, who loves story? that Netflix show. What's it called? You were like all over it. What's it called? Cheer? No, but, but that,
1: no, that's like basically gymnastics. I'm talking uh, th- like yeah, cheerleaders okay. no, no, in high school
0: and in university. Right. And right. cheerleaders
1: in the pros. Like the Dallas Cowboys aren't, aren't doing tumbles. Like let's be I mean, honest. That's the what Dallas their background
0: is. I cowboy think, cheerleaders, so, right?
1: right? No, nah, I, I think their background is in modeling. You know, Lou Williams type establishments <laughs> is, is what i think the background is. Um but wings wing the, joints? Yes. Um the point is uh, and and like, you know, probably music videos, like like hip yeah. hop music videos. I think those two things are analogous. I don't think gymnastics is analogous to what you're seeing from from most of the NBA cheerleaders not all. But i i i, I love that they're working. I love that we're giving them some some money. But like We've got fans that, that I also don't care about from all over the place with their, you know Raptors scarves and hats, you know, in their house on call cheering um, a May three that we're cutting to and showing for I'm not again, don't know who that's for, other than those individual fans. It's mm-hmm. not helping me as a viewer. I don't think I don't think Kyle Lowry gets pumped up when he sees, you know, Marv from Orangetown uh you know cheering Marv. on a screen. What I year just, is it's, this? It's, well, it's, <laughs> listen, the people who were who are cheering on those screens, they don't look like you and me. They're generally okay. really young kids and really old people. Um, I don't need that, but I definitely don't need the cheerleaders just like going to a studio doing six fake cheers. And then packaging it and sending it to Orlando. You want to use the cheerleaders? Like have them live, a live look in on the cheerleaders cheerleading. Maybe then they get extra dates booked on the calendar. They're getting paid for more appearances. But like the canned cheerleader video was just like after a made free throw. Really, we're we're showing you know seven cheerleaders. Clapping hands and and giving like a a fist pump? like Why? Why are we doing that? So anyways. I I just think you're
0: throwing things at the wall. I think you're just throwing things at the wall right now and seeing what works and you're borrowing from some other places. And I will say, okay, I'm about to say something that is going to blow your mind. Are you ready? Sure. I was watching Vancouver FC and Sporting Kansas City last night in my bed at about one o'clock in the morning game went to penalties very exciting the goaltender for Kansas City sporting Kansas City apparently a penalty shot legend was really fun watching him I always like penalties in soccer it's because I'm a casual but I actually saw the videos of the fans behind the goals and I actually just think it's nice to be reminded of the people that are watching these games and I don't think it does anything for Kyle Lowry I certainly don't think that it's a huge motivating factor or a tipping point for whatever, or a a factor for any of the quote-unquote home teams. I just thought as a fan that it wasn't taking anything away from me. The cheerleaders, like, I kind of agree with you. I think that's actually kind of lame doing that. It just looks cheesy and overproduced. But cutting into a live stream of a fan who does not have a delay, I just think it's a nice perk for that fan. It doesn't do anybody any harm. And it's better than showing just, you know, a red video board that says Raptors. So, like, yeah, I I can live with some of those cutaways. I actually thought that... It was a nice reminder of the people who were staying up for you who were watching these things and that, you know, they're around supporting you.
1: No, see, if it was a cut in to real sports, bar and grill, where there's a watch party and people are legit like excited, that to me would be cool. Or if we have I don't I don't think this is gonna happen by the end of the tournament, but maybe we get to a place phase four, phase five, if you're in Ontario.
0: Can uh, we have socially you- distanced Jurassic Park?
1: how's that possible you're having a bunch of people six feet from each other yeah. looking at a screen everybody like, goes don't. to the
0: square yeah they go to the square although no the square is now preoccupied by the nhl players so that's an automatic out but yeah i don't know i just feel like i want to go to patios i'm, I'm very you
1: could do it at city hall in toronto yeah give me a big project philip square yeah give me, me something no I, I I don't know. I I don't I don't see uh, I don't see that happening. But if they're having you know some bars and restaurants are open patios. Um, if you had a screen to like a huge watch party where people are excited, I'm more into that. But I just the the MLS did this as well. Like you're showing me like a Brady Bunch style box of like mm-hmm. six to twelve random people that I have no association with in their house looking at. The game and reacting on a two second delay the 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 main takeaway many people have from the pandemic is they're tired of seeing people on screens and so i'm watching a basketball game some level of normalcy and you're bringing me back to a group zoom for these strangers to react to the dagger three like i just like other than those people who is this for and even those for those people you're getting over the course of a three-hour broadcast 7.5 7.5 seconds of airtime like is, yeah. is it worth it to set up your ring light for that? I, I don't think so.
0: <laughs> your ring light. I think, yeah, the league sending you your package. So, yeah, um, maybe I'm just a little overly sentimental, but so far again, kudos to the NBA. It's just an incredible job that they've been able to pull this off. You look at what's happened with Major League Soccer and with Major League Baseball and how this could have so gone awry, but you just had complete Major league,
1: lacrosse.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's happening. Don't forget.
1: <laughs> Yeah, two. Listen, got into the semifinals and two teams had to right. be sent home due to COVID 19. He got a direct uh, buy shocked. to the finals because of COVID. The COVID is wrecking okay. major leagues lacrosse. Call me the when MLL.
0: The, no, give me the It's different NLL. than the national. No. Well, yeah, that's, a, that's
1: box. We're talking yeah. field lacrosse. Come okay, on now.
0: Okay. I'm a box guy. Like I'm a box guy. I'm bought and paid for by the Toronto Rock. They they want my heart. They let me try out for their team and I got scored on a billion times. So I, I'm a Toronto Rock guy through and through.
1: So we've got some new things for you this NBA season. And no, it's not just Terrence Davis playing so well. We have a newsletter that'll break that down and so much more. Our weekly newsletter from NBA editor Stephen Leung, it gives you original content, opinion, analysis. You can't find it anywhere else and it is delivered directly to you right in your inbox, sportsnet.ca slash newsletters. Just
0: subscribe and we got you. So yeah, we get a look at the Raptors. And yeah, of course we're not going to do too many serious takeaways here, right? Like we've seen two scrimmages and we we talked before this podcast about whether or not we should wait till after the third one, but I like I don't think that we're gonna see much. The biggest thing is that Fred Manble banged his knee and left to the locker room right away, and everyone had a huge uh, gasp because it reminded me very much of two years ago when Bam Adebayo decided to set an extremely hard screen on Fred Van Vliet in what equated to a meaningless game, popped his shoulder out of place, and the guy was just not ever the same for the Raptors that season. I thought similarly about that moment and what Fred Van Vliet and losing him would be like, and I went through this tailspin of, holy crap, as if the entire thing about this that was beneficial to the Raptors was that they were going to be healthy, and then they lose one of their six most important players, arguably one of their four most important players. It looks like he's okay as of right now. It looks like the Raptors are going to be fine uh, and that they escaped what could have been a potential disaster with Fred Van Vliet. But I can't tell if this is camera angles or if what we're seeing is just uh, actually true. To me, the Raptors as a team... Look like they're in incredible shape. Like I have noticed, anyways, to me, it seems, and I want to know if you feel the same way. Gasol was obvious, but that Fred Van Vliet looks like he's in a little bit better shape. Kyle Lowry looks incredibly svelte, like he looks better than maybe even ever. And OG and anobi similarly also looks like he has leaned out a little bit, like he doesn't look as bulky. He looks a little leaner. That And Matt Thomas as well looks more muscular. Chris Boucher actually needs to still add 20 pounds. You don't really notice it on TV as much unless it's an up close. But the Raptors have done an incredible job of everybody coming back into this bubble, seemingly looking like they all were doing a diet and trying to do a calendar shoot.
1: They look great. They, They look outstanding. And so the only real comp we had to anything remotely like this was the lockout it was the lockout season the abbreviated season which was mm-hmm. a sprint to the finish and in, in some really fun basketball but there was also some really out of shape players so much so that when they came back after that season it was their last season like their career was virtually over because of it and you didn't necessarily know who was going to come back invigorated and who was going to come back you know a shell of their former self and for the most part across the league i felt guys have looked good and the play has been strong and excellent and and in many ways and the raptors are probably the greatest example of this it's been taken and used like an early offseason and so you have kyle coming back you know looking slim lots of conversation about mark and how good he looks but but i think kyle really looks fit as well same. you have pascal coming back who looks you know not only rested and energetic um you know he, he looks like he's looking to take the three a bit more something that you know we know he he's been working on in his game i'd say the same for Serge, who wasn't certainly shy of taking it but i love the fact that even though he didn't have a hoop to shoot at throughout the the pandemic that that shot you know, still is one that's part of his arsenal and he didn't just revert back to, you know, an 18-footer and inside game. So I think they've used the time wisely, which makes them a beast. And I think the two guys who, again, we've talked about, our listeners know, one of our worries and concerns with this team would be the load on Lowry and Siakam and that fact that they, those guys needed to be, one, healthy and in the lineup, but two, healthy and playing well and energetic when they're in the lineup. And when they are, This team is entirely different 33 and 11 is the record when both lowry and siakam are in the lineup obviously they're they're both in the lineup now because everyone is but they look like you know barring some freak injury that they should uh have a good run of basketball ahead of them and again let's not take for granted that okay well everyone's coming back and they're super healthy let's look at other teams in the east victor oladipo has yet to decide if he's going to play um some would suggest he's probably not as hurt as he thinks but bottom line is he's he he, we don't know what his health status is kemba walker coming off of four months off is is worried about his knee and is worried about potentially um the strain that's been put on it even when he is playing um He's going to be on a, somewhat of a minutes restriction. You've had no such conversations about Raptors players, and I think that, above anything else, is why Raptors fans should be bullish about this team.
0: Yeah, they look really healthy, and it's why I was panicking about the Fred thing. And, you know, uh, again, they look like they're in great shape. Uh, there's some guys around the league that look like they're in great shape, and I haven't had a chance to see every single one of them, although I am really trying to take in as much as possible and just take a quick look at least at as many teams as I've possibly have been able to just to kind of see if this was a – Universal thing. And there are certainly guys that stand out, like the Nikolai Jokic's of the world, but I have yet to see a team. And again, maybe it's because I don't watch them as frequently as the Raptors and don't know them as intimately, but where it seems as though the physical buy in has been the same way. And again, I'll mention this one last time. These are two scrimmages. So I, I don't want to extrapolate too much from these things. And I don't want to go be hot take Tony with what I'm seeing with the Raptors from this and blah, 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 blah. But I'm going to do a couple of quick ones. And just small things that I've noticed through two preseason games. One is that Gasol is not playing very much. They limited him to, I think, about 10 minutes in the second game. But when he was in there, it really did seem as though they were feeding him a little bit more. And the same thing went for Ibaka when he was in games. I don't know what that means, but I, I do question whether or not the Raptors are going to use their bigs a little bit more on the offensive end as a, as a way to break, it, break up some of the monotony of their half-court offense. The second thing that I really noticed was... OG Ananobi made some plays, like, made some handles uh, that I have yet to see in his arsenal up until this point. And I brought this up, I'm not sure on Good Show or whether or not it was with you, but that one of the benefits in terms of the pandemic for Raptors and whether or not they could add a skill set, if I could have picked one thing for a certain player, I probably would have picked either a pull-up jumper for Pascal Siakam from the mid-range, or OG Ananobi learning to dribble a little bit better. And OG had a crossover in that game against Portland that I have not seen from him. It looked a lot more fluid than anything we've seen from OG Ananobi. And I've made this analogy before, but sometimes he looks like he looks like Bambi, where he hasn't fully grown into this super athletic body and that he's too fast for his own good on the offensive end. On defense, it's been fine. This year, he was already one of the best defensive players in the NBA. But if OG Ananobi can add that component to his game where... If you try to run him off the line and all of a sudden he doesn't look like Danny Green and he's actually able to cross you up and get to the basket and finish with a hand and use his strength to, to muscle through a little bit of contact. I really think that's a game changer for not only him, but just the Raptors ceiling in general as, as another option and makes him a no doubt about it closer for this team in every single situation. Yeah, I mean,
1: I said it earlier. I think he is their biggest X factor and yep. then i don't think it's just about him you know defensively that that's where the conversation normally starts with him i think in many ways and more so it's with him offensively look at um you know their best offensive game this season the record-setting game 140 points 22 mm-hmm. threes that was probably og's best game like he was really a catalyst that night really aggressive finishing at Great the brand. run, unapologetic about shooting three-point shots so that just shows you The ceiling that this team has offensively, when he is not just uh, you know someone who's eating off of other people, but he is as a focal point at the offense and doing things to make offense for others and being a distributor, as you mentioned. I I, I think there's the Raptors don't have a a bull bull. They don't have someone who really was not in the thoughts or the plans and is going to come out of the woodwork and change the scenario of the team. But they do have a sleeping giant in OG who I really think in many ways how last postseason, you know, a bunch of people in the international media didn't really know that much about Pascal until he showed out in the playoffs and more so the finals. I think OG could have that type of postseason and that type of restart uh, this year.
0: OG turned 23 years old this month. Like 10 days ago, he turned 23 years old. And I don't know why, but it it feels like he's older than that just because he was around for when the Raptors lost to LeBron James. And, you know, after a title, everything feels a million years before that, and especially adding COVID to this thing. But he's a 23-year-old kid. And during the season, I don't know if he would have been able to hone those offensive skills the way that he would have been during the course of a pandemic where it's more individual workout, where it's more ball handling drills, where it's shooting drills, where he can really just focus on what he needs to do offensively. That it's not at practice where all of his intensity is going into defense, where he's having rest days, he's focusing on film and trying to stop, be the stopper for the other team. I'm very excited about where he's at right now. I agree with you that this could be a big breakout for him. Uh, We do forget a little bit that he and Pascal Siakam uh, two years ago, it was viewed almost unanimously that he was the more valuable of the two prospects. And I just, yeah, if you can have a wing player with ball handling who can bring you that defense and and that kind of physicality and guard all the way from a center to a James Harden it's it's a huge it's a huge boon for the Toronto Raptors. Was there anything else that kind of stuck out to you personally from from these two games that that's Raptors related or or do you want to talk two-seed before we wrap this thing up?
1: Let's talk two-seed.
0: Okay. So all I could think of when you mentioned the Kemba Walker thing is I don't know how much you still listen to Bill Simmons podcast, but I was listening to one recently where he was talking about the the NBA restart and he dropped something in there casually where I think he said something along the lines of Kemba Walker as a joke is having trouble walking down hills, that the knee is still something that they're being super cautious with, as you mentioned, and it doesn't look like it's going to drastically improve all of a sudden. It looks as though this is going to be an issue for him throughout the course of the playoffs. And if you don't have a healthy Kemba Walker drastically limits your ceiling as the Boston Celtics. He's the second most important player on that team. Maybe the third, but that's as far down as you could possibly drop the guy. The 76ers have Joel Embiid already dealing with a quad injury, and the point has been raised by many people, but in a league where everyone's talking about who's in better shape and Marcus losing weight and, and Nikolai Jokic coming back into camp, there hasn't been that same buzz about Joel Embiid. And there's as much as the Ben Simmons shooting threes thing is exciting, and I actually think it's really important for him that, or that he does take that shot, and that he might be at an advantage when it comes to not having people in the crowd. That that's kind of off of his shoulders in these gym, in these uh, open gym games. But Joel Embiid already being banged up, Kemba Walker already being banged up. I don't think the Raptors are going to fall out of the two seed. But it has kind of recalibrated how exactly important it has been, especially considering that first round matchup looks like it's a, almost a certainty if you fall to the three seed to be up against the uh, the Indiana Pacers who lost a to Sabonis and who might not have Victor Oladipo. Like it doesn't it doesn't feel as though the stakes are quite as large to hit the two seed as they were even a week ago.
1: No, I I, I don't think so. To your Kemba point, this is how he's feeling after four months of rest. So why would anyone, including the Celtics and Kemba Walker, think that after a restart, where the games are going to come fast and furious because, one, you need to get them in, and two, because there's no real reason to have breaks in between them because there is no travel. Mm -hmm. Why you think it's going to get better especially for him a diminutive guard who his game is two things change of speed and change of direction and an explosion at the rim not explosion in terms of dunking but in terms of you know jumping off of either leg um finishing with either hand the ability to take contact and and, and finish in mid
0: he's a small scorer in the nba like he needs his knees like <laughs> that's it
1: yes and like i mean these are not exact comps but look at alan iverson at the end of his career when he lost a step or two i already mentioned a a similar guy look at steve francis at the end of his career so i I think kemba walker is an infinitely better fit because of the culture of the team but i all the people who are spiking the football wearing celtic serene after they you know shed kyrie who has his own knee injuries by the way uh and and got kemba i think they're now maybe wondering how good of an investment that was i i i just I, there is a reason why charlotte didn't want to commit that level of money to him moving forward
0: i think that this is a bigger disadvantage to the raptors than most teams as well but it was interesting to see kimball walker talk about this is a quote from him about Uh, the environment itself quote it's tough without fans I definitely would have loved to experience the garden during the playoffs because I know it's one of the greatest atmospheres during the playoffs you just have to adjust and adapt to your situations end quote that that's even a consideration for him at this point while he's trying to get healthy and he's thinking about where the atmosphere is at and whether or not it feels playoffy I know that this is someone who's played on the biggest stage on the planet uh, at UConn and playing for an NCAA championship and being the guy. I I do feel as though he is someone that would very much feed off the crowd. I think there are guys that are going to be like that. It's why I think Ben Simmons is at an advantage not having fans that I mentioned it. I I don't think that he's going to be in his head as much, but I I just, I truly believe that the Celtics, if they don't have a Kimball Walker, who's focused eyes on the prize completely and super healthy, that the Raptors are absolutely have an advantage over that team and that they should be the better of the two. So yeah, I, I expect them to win that regular season game. Now I expect them to move forward into that two spot. But if something happens, if there is some type of, you know, it, the question comes down to should we be resting starters for the postseason or really pushing for that two seed, that this team does not pull the Dwayne Casey looking for 60 games and, and the 60th win, but rather it decides to kick things back a little bit, be more cautious, play the three seed, and, and go with it as, as you may, just, just based on what's in front of you.
1: Yeah, these playing games are extended exhibitions as far as yep. I'm concerned.
0: I, I think the real season starts when the playoffs start. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I mean, I was going to ask you what you're watching on TV, but I assume it's sports. Like, you're fully into sports now, correct? Is it, Like, are you canceling your Netflix subscription for a couple of months? Like, is it still going to be wind-down time? I don't know where I'm going to find time to watch anything other than sports. I'm already... It, it already feels a little overwhelming to me. I'm already taping stuff, and I'm watching two baseball games a, ga- a day, and I'm watching two basketball scrimmages a day. I, I'm I'm still trying to, like, get my... Uh, what do they call it when you're in a submarine and you're starting to go under? I'm such a stupid idiot. Uh, I- I'm trying to get my pressure down correctly. Like, I don't want to I don't want I- I to die from the pressure of going you're into like this atmospheric thing. pressure. Yeah, exactly. You know, like you got to go in slowly. You can't just deep dive to the bottom of the ocean. You got to go in just, you know, one step at a time. And I'm trying to do that with sports. But we're only Major League Baseball for a weekend and scrimmages for a week. And I already feel like I'm just I'm falling behind stuff.
1: I'm looking forward to the cream rising to the top. I'm not getting Mm -hmm. rid of my Netflix. I'm still consuming other shows, but this will be the ultimate litmus test to see. Man, I know I missed baseball, but can I actually hang in there for nine innings? Uh, Even with with some rule changes? NFL, I know I love you, but do I still love you when there aren't 60, 70, 80,000 people screaming in the stands? I think one thing that we will learn uh, and we are preaching to the choir in the sense that everyone listening to this loves yeah. the sport of basketball. Otherwise, yeah, this would easy, be torture. Easy audience. But I think we will learn that um, basketball as a sole viewing experience is like the premium when it comes to sports. Like if aliens came down and they had the opportunity knowing nothing, not informed by culture or celebrity or pastime, If we offered them all our sports, what would they watch? I think they would choose basketball. I think it is just by far the most compelling, most interesting, most exciting. And so I'm not sure how much baseball or hockey or football, if and when it comes back, I'm going to watch. But I know I'm going to be deep diving on a lot of basketball.
0: I have good news for you. And that is the next time that we do this podcast, which is a week from today. We will be talking about NBA basketball. We will be talking about the Toronto Raptors in what will be live rounds, even if it is a glorified exhibition at this point. It, it's going to be real. Praise, praise, that praise. Sound, glory, glory. Be. That
1: sound you hear is me knocking on wood. Yeah. I, just, I, I, don't want, <laughs> I, I don't want that audio to be used in a drop. Coming up on Sportsnet Central, NBA bubble canceled
0: no. thanks to Lou Listen, Williams.
1: If they Impacting already caught the Lou. the rest of the league.
0: <laughs> they already caught Lou. By the da-da, way, how much do you da-da. love it that Lou... Lou played it off like he was there for the food and that people were actually backing him up going, no, that place is amazing for chicken wings. That's why Lou Williams went there. He went to the strip club. The guy who was notorious for having two girlfriends went there to eat. Wait, wait, wait. (laughs)
1: Listen. Yeah. If any establishment (laughs) had a a type of chicken wing named after me, they they have a Lou Williams chicken wing. I believe they are lemon pepper, Lou Wills. Lemon pepper can.
0: Let hey, let it, lemon pepper let, dry. Let them drop it off in a and, bag for me out front, please. Like let, let it, let it be on the curb, curbside pickup, But also, they,
1: they are speaking directly to the realest of real chicken wing eaters because you can pay a premium for all flats or all drumsticks.
0: Yeah, all and flats I, forever. No, drumsticks. What? Are you kidding me? Of what, course you I, would say that. Am I trying drumsticks to eat and over flats. floss at the same time? No. Yes. Hand me a drumstick. Michael, come on. Don't, don't disappoint me here. Where are you the at? The
1: drumstick was literally designed to be held with
0: two Bro. fingers. The drumstick is the is the peasant meat, like the good oh, stuff is the wing, stickless. like it's chicken wings, not chicken Give me a sticks. Nice mixed bag for me. No, you, know you fence on. riding son of a gun, how dare you do that to me? <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, say wings, yeah. you know it's drum. I like you to go. go I like I like to go flats and then drum and then flat and then drum and then that's oh it. My goodness I, if if I have that's my feet what, to the it's fire, I have no. It's not yeah, get out of here. You know what? are the worst. Yeah, you're the worst.
1: There are there are two left, but you only have room in your stomach for one more. Yeah. What are you picking up?
0: I'm picking up the drumstick.
1: Thank you. <laughs> joke. Thank you. Joke. The real
0: answer. Joke. No, that's a joke. Again, Drum they're called city. chicken wings. They're called chicken wings. <laughs> that's why they named them after the flats. They're not called chicken drumsticks. Chicken drumsticks are for the rubes. Anyways, you can let us know in the comments for free association when you Drum do- Drumstick uh, Nation. Yeah, drumstick <laughs> nation. Yeah, hey, you know what though? Now we can go for wings together because we're the nope. perfect, we're the perfect partners to go for wings. We I, can just substitute I, listen, them out.
1: I already married my perfect wing partner, my friend, oh, my, is she my into wife Flex. She she is so it, right. it balances out. Okay, that's right, that's l- that's real love.
0: I guess if you <laughs> that's real love is finding someone who likes. I guess flash. it's just me and you, JD. Yeah. Hey, listen, I guess like, although, yeah, you like to go back and forth. I wouldn't want to take any uh, flats from you. Like, geez, I have okay. to take a couple of your, a uh, couple of your flats there. <laughs> you will not. I would throw those drumsticks on the ground. <laughs> drumsticks are trash. Flats are and, ridiculous. There's like, no, so an, there's
1: always an awkward part where there's like <laughs> yeah. some meat in the middle, but then there's just bone. You got, yeah. what do you do? You're just mm. eating
0: it. You break the little bone yeah. off and then. It's yeah. just like <laughs> it's too much work if you're an artiste hey, if you're an artiste you would know no if you're a wing artiste, listen i
1: have to, if i have to strategize how i'm eating the food yeah, keep your crab creep your lobster keep your no, flats I, no. this should be very simple hey. caveman
0: should be able to eat it no problem i don't have to think while about. i eat this should be very simple Look at a picture of Donovan Bennett or me and look at which guy with whose barrel eats more chicken wings and has the authority on this. It's me, the fatter of the two guys by a huge factor, the unhealthier guy by a billion factors. The guy who's in pubs constantly, still living life on wings, and goes to multiple establishments still to get them. Like I, Listen, like I'm flats. I, I got no flats anonymous right are ask, asking you
1: to, to, to stop talking that's, and to drop the wing. mic and to move away from the microphone <laughs> because that is not a good
0: advertisement to get people to eat I, more flats, buddy. I I actually got so heated about let this. let yourself go yeah. eat some flats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got so heated about this. I got so heated about this that I legitimately like started standing up at my desk and slapping my stomach like i like just I don't know a seal is that what a seal does a walrus something I completely lost it I can't believe that's what someone who eats exclusively person. flats does yeah that's right yeah, exactly they, they stand for it they're passionate about what the best is they don't want to settle for the second best
1: the drumstick promo team is just like want to run a
0: marathon write a yeah, long form article ahead.
1: and put your son go down ahead. for a nap
0: yeah. eat a drumstick like yeah the flats man. team and the flats team is yo you want to have a beer you want to shut up and not talk and get wing sauce on your face and then burp later and go home and have a nap. Yeah. Flats. Let's do it. Let's get after it. See you at the pub. Uh, And we'll see you next week. Again, when there's NBA basketball, this has been free association, subscribe, follow on Spotify, do all of those nice things. We'll talk to you soon. Drumstick gang. I heard Obama eats drumsticks and Trump eats flats. <laughs> I just heard that. That's, too <laughs> That's too far. That's too far. I'll sue you for that. I'll sue you for that. Okay, man. Uh, this was fun, pod guys. Thanks for doing everything, Michael. Shout out to you. Hey.